to the podcast, everybody. The Polarized Podcast, the podcast for all your polarizing movie needs. You're here. You made it. I'm your host, James. We're talking about polarizing movies today. These are the movies that audiences and critics disagree on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, audience love it. Critics hate it. Vice versa. These are the types of movies that uh, come into our stadium of sorts and hash it out, or we duke it out. Uh, trying to figure out how how we should feel about things, try to figure out how the audience feels about it, try to figure out how the critics feel about it, and then we you know in, dive into some introspection, see how we feel, and we we come on, out on the other side, uh, possibly still polarized, but more understanding, hopefully of each other. As I've said, I am a host of this program that you've decided to jump into. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, how are you? You've chosen the Pokemon episode. Pokemon, the first movie. Why that subtitle? I would like to talk to uh, my my trusty co-host about uh, the first movie is attached to this. What if there were more movies that had that, just like calling their shot right off the bat, saying, this is the first movie? I'm curious what what kind of effect that could have on on other movies, uh, not not of just the animated type, but all movies in general. We love movies here. Um, I am a host of this program, James. I'm going to say it one more time. I can't tell you how happy I am that I'm back. Some people call me the forever guest. Uh, I I am in the ether of the polarized kingdom. I show up. I I never leave. Um, I'm I'm the steward of these lands. Uh, but before I go any further, with this prattling on about bullshit, I'll be frank. You know, it is, it is what I wheel and deal in sometimes. Uh, I want to introduce you to a certain special someone that uh, I happen to know fairly well. We are, very, we are, we are fairly close, I'd say. Maybe I'd, I'd get his opinion on that too. Yeah, we're pretty close. Um, you know, I see him pretty regularly. He comes comes here pretty often. Um, he uh, he likes long walks on the beach. Um, he likes uh, doesn't like his fish and chips with malt vinegar. Remember that if you're gonna take him to a place, you're gonna do fish and chips. No malt vinegar for for this guy. Um, but there are more defining characteristics uh, for him. Like Porco Rosso, he hates fascists. There's that. Uh, let me let me get a, get him in here. The great Brandini, get your ass in here right now, and let's talk about some Pokemon. Yes, we gotta get in here. Hey, James, how's <laughs> hey. it going? <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. <laughs> <laughs> me and Ass just decided to stop by <laughs> the polarized pod and <laughs> see see what's going on here. <laughs> yeah, he fascist. So fuck him. <laughs> yeah, you. Whenever you enter a room, your ass enters like five seconds later. I know it's it's a big booty. <laughs> I got an ass so fat it takes a couple minutes before it gets into the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, how's it going? We're here. Hey, yeah, polar, we're polarized kingdom. Polarized kingdom. Let's hear for the polar bears. Where my polar bears at? <laughs> Uh, what's your favorite Pokemon, Brandon? <laughs> Blastoise, baby. Hell yeah. Squirtle e- Squad. Easy question. Squirtle Squad all the way, bitch. Water type Pokemon, because I love 
Blastoise. I love. Yeah, I'm I'm a big water guy. I always was on the water side of things. Um, yeah, it just it fits my mood. I'm more of a water guy. Uh, also, my so that was your starter Pokemon. I assume Squirtle was always the starter Pokemon. I also was a Pokemon Blue version uh, Same. cat as well. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. It Blastoise has like guns on his and he's like big and he's like a dinosaur and he's just yeah, so freaking cool. Yeah. I love, I love Blastoise. My starter Pokemon. Yeah. I'm a Blastoise was my fa- favorite growing up. I like that was just blue version. I just, just used Blastoise. I feel like the majority of the game. And then my other ones were Gyarados, also a water type water dragon, uh. kind of water dinosaur a little bit too. And then Articuno was an ice type, that legendary bird. I remember really yeah. liking Articuno. Uh, and mm-hmm. then I got Mewtwo in the mix there, too. I I, uh, I knocked him down a peg. He thought he could train train my Pokemon and steal them and clone them. And I said, nay, <laughs> no, you're no, no. getting in this Master Ball I got all set up for you that I've been <laughs> saving all game. Thank you very much. God, man, I'm just trying to remember. Psychic Pokemon 2 was my next. Oh, well. yeah. Alakazam I'm, like Kadabra. Alakazam. Oh, fuck yeah. Huge Alakazam fan. I think Alakazam's fucking sick. I'm a big fan of him. I'm, I'm But yeah, I'm just trying to remember overall, like, uh, how do you... what? How do you catch Mewtwo in the game? Do you remember? I, we don't have to... Uh, right? I, I don't fully remember. I'm trying to remember if it was like a side thing that maybe you didn't even have to do or if it is just like a full part of the game. Was it like, was it something with like Silphco or something like that? Or is that a different yeah. is that, is that a different part? Or maybe that's the ghost area. Is that the that's ghost area? That's the ghost area. area. That's yeah, the ghost area. So, oh, man, that... Which was so cool. That was such oh an God. interesting element to the game was the fact that, yeah, within this world, there's these Pokemon that are you can digitize into a computer and put into a ball or like if you're not using them you deposit Mm -hmm. them to a computer but also they have souls and they can die Yeah, because you kind of look at them you're like oh they're like digital you can't really die though right like that's a little extreme i think they because i don't think that's what that's what that is that area is like full of pokemon ghosts and you're you're running around and that's like but then that's kind of that there's some weird implications that totally. one of my questions was uh, when I was watching this movie too had to do with Cubone, but also like that's that's like a corporeal body, but there's like Haunter and Ghastly that are actual ghosts, and like mm-hmm. within that game, I was like, oh, are they like their own thing, or are they like an old, are they like a dead Pikachu's soul or something that's not sure. come to rest? Um, but oh my next my question was about Cubone, who wears. Uh, it's mother's skull as a hat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is like, Mm -hmm. but then there's like multiple Cubones. So like when a Cubone is born or our Pokemon born is like, they're just kind of constantly in this state of they're born with a dead skull on their head or they, they just have to go through that that trauma as a Cubone. These are, these are questions that don't need answers, but it was just like, I was thinking like every Cubone has that skull and I always knew that, like, on the playground, people, oh, you know why Cubone has that skull on its head? Well, that was the story, but it's like, there's more than one, so whatever. Anyways. No, I mean, but these all ghost that Pokemon be... are interesting. I like Psychic, too. I, I like Gengar a lot. I think Gengar's a Gengar. dope Pokemon. Gengar. Um, yeah, ghost Pokemon are cool. Um, but let's just talk about the game, though. I'm a water I really guy want... for sure, too. Yeah, I'm down to talk about I want to get it. 
Yeah, I want to get into that because I think that's what got us here, right? Mm-hmm. Like we were we watched the movie, excited about the movie. I we I saw this in the theater, right? Yeah, same goes very for you. Fond fond memories of seeing it in theaters. Uh, I convinced my very apprehensive father to take uh, my whining dumbass self to uh, go see this, and I got my Electabuzz holographic Pokemon card going in. And, uh, and I, yeah, you get a little card out of it. And then I remember mm-hmm. watching the short, like at the beginning, Pikachu's vacation and my father almost immediately falling asleep during that. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't, sure. he didn't get, he didn't make it past Pikachu's vacation. So I feel, totally. I feel for him. I'm, I'm happy he, he took me cause I still remember that day. It was a great day. It must have been such an interesting, like, and pivotal moment in American culture for this, for Pokemon in general, right? And I think we should talk about this, is that, like, I don't, anime in in the U.S. was a very, very underground niche thing in, you know, leading up to Pokemon. If I, I you know, maybe uh, somebody that's more into anime can make an argument for, uh, like, entries here and there, especially I'm more Dragon Ball Hayo, or whatever. Hayao Miyazaki, like, yeah, Dragon Ball as well. Like, there have been really important entries into anime, but... I mean, even though Dragon Ball is lauded as being more... Like, there's a stronger fan base, more dedicated, more whatever you want to call it about, uh, like... Uh, yeah, a more active, interested uh, audience for Dragon Ball Z, but Pokemon was far, far broader and reached so many more people than Dragon Ball Z did. Uh, I, I know, I, I do remember growing up that it was one of those things of like, you know, what you would see, like people who shopped at Hot Topic um, would have, there was Dragon Ball stuff. And again, all to the point of like, anime in the US was a very niche thing that uh, until Pokemon, dads, you know, to, to speak to your dad, wouldn't have seen an anime. There's no way that would have happened. No. And so for the first time to go see an anime at a, in a movie theater, mind you as well, which is another huge deal because I was looking up like, you know, big animes that have come out, you know, uh, in theaters and gross and popularity and all of that stuff. And like, yeah, man, it's a crazy to think about, you know, uh, Demon Slayer, Mugen Train being like a, a really big deal in the sense that it was played in theaters. A lot of people went and saw it. Cause that just really doesn't happen. There's not a lot of anime for Western audiences. Not as, yeah, yeah, that not, are shown really as, as much of a thing. Yeah. And I think, and when this kind of dropped, a lot of parents were just like, Oh, this is just a novelty and it's going to go away. And like, it's going to go the way of beanie babies and it's just going to be another fad. And it's lasting power has been fascinating. And I think, I think it does speak to the fact that it is introducing a medium to a different culture of people in, in a big way and opening up that a genre of anime to a a whole group of people. Like, cause I was almost going to compare it to like, if they came out with like a Fortnite movie now or something like that, like obviously it would be a big deal, but it's, but that comparison doesn't work all the way because Fortnite isn't necessarily introducing like a whole new genre of anime to anybody. It's just, it's an, it would be another video game movie, but in some ways it is that how ubiquitous, like kind of Fortnite had been, maybe it's kind of waning now, yeah. but that popularity to kids was Pokemon, po- Pokemon's popularity at the time. 
So much so that I feel like it it did kind of have have like a negative connotation to certain crowds of people, like older crowds of people that are like, oh, that's baby shit. Kind of like how people treat people who are like really into Fortnite. They're like, oh, that's for babies. And that has like a, a negative connotation for for being for a younger audience. Why, why that's negative, I'm not sure. Maybe just some sort of, you know, view as views of, of immaturity or something like that. But it's their children. It's what children are into. If you were a child at this time, you would be into Pokemon, I think. You know, unless your parents are just shelter you and tell you that's it's from the devil or something like that which you know i don't know wasn't too far away from some of the people and things that were going on around like where like harry potter was evil and shit you know uh but there's there's Um, always there's that's just happening now in different ways too people people fucking uh burning books and all all sorts of fun stuff so anyways i'm getting way off track no but you know what Um, i have to say to that is a shout out to my parents because during this craze where yeah it's easy to misunderstand why all of these japanese animated cartoons are really popular with kids outside of the fact that there's like cute characters and whatnot like okay i guess i get why kids like this because it's not like you know i'm you know talking specifically about anime being uh, uh, a wide introduction to a U.S. audience, but it's not like cartoons are, you know, right. animated movies are are a brand new thing. That's not the case, but it's a Japanese animation, mm-hmm. um, sure. which obviously has a particular style. And I would love to get into that because uh, now seeing this again, there the animation is something that is a really po- huge point of contention for me um, watching this because of. And I totally forgot about this. And a lot of it just had to do with, you know, me not being old enough to really understand the criticisms uh, about Japanese animation. And similar to like Johnny Chimpo, like we talked about last week on the Super Troopers episode, is that Japanese animation or Japanimation, as it was colloquially called, was called by American audiences because of its cheapness. There was a, a Japanese animation was such a it's a very popular medium in Japan which allowed for varying degrees of quality of animation um, to come out of there. And so there, you know, people's introduction to Japanese animation is it, it, it was very uneven. And that is also very apparent in this movie, which is some of the criticisms that uh, critics had against. And I now share that criticism with them is that it's so like some shots are cinematic, uh, cinematic uh, look well, Mm -hmm. but man, there's a lot of stuff in here that sucks ass and it's like blurry, Uh shaky, uh, uh, very crudely drawn, Uh a lot of that stuff. And I, it's just, it's something to know because yeah, again, like this is a different style of animation that American audiences haven't really been used to. And this movie is just so incredibly popular with kids. It is forcing parents to take their kids to the theater. Just like you were, you know, asking, uh, pleading with your dad or your parents, whatever. Same goes for me. But also what I wanted to say is shout out to my parents because they got it. I was we were going to go see it anyways. You know, all of that stuff is, is that um, and, you know, this kind of sets me on a path for a lot of what I'm doing as an adult now is um, when Pokemon was really big. I convinced my grandparents for my birthday or for Christmas. I think it was Christmas to get me the Pokemon video game, played the fucking hell out of that and then watch the shows because it also, you know, it's. It really just goes to show, like, if you create a television show that is like a a, a coveted time slot for kids programming must be before school. Like anybody in a before school time slot programming has the power to be like 
almost like a majority of children are watching it while they're getting ready to, you know, to go to school and or waking up having their cereal, Saturday morning cartoons, Cartoon Network. All of these things I feel like are really just taking off in the 90s and really becoming such a huge staple that obviously like goes into now it's almost a commonplace and a mainstay of like you wouldn't have your adventure times if you didn't have your Saturday morning cartoons, your Hanna-Barbera's, your Pokemon's, your Digimon's, your Yu-Gi-Oh's. Like it just wouldn't happen. And yeah, it just I you know, there's it's so many so many things about the monetization and the pol proliferation of Pokemon as an IP and the content is really just fascinating because it is now contributing like you brought up to its mainstay is, is that it just it became such an integral part of pop culture for kids growing up in the 90s that now those kids are our age and 30 years old and have money and want to buy back their childhood and they're holding on to you know a lot of things are going to fall by the wayside that just don't stick as much or maybe now are way too niche or whatever but like pokemon since it was so 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 popular um still the number one grossing anime movie in the u.s i mind you uh, even this is, yeah, you know, uh, factoring in inflation and all of that stuff is like, it is leagues away from even, uh, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, which I think, you know, had the potential to be just as big. And I, you know, it's just a lot of it has to do with fracturedness of, of content. You know, something I think uh, to bring up is when talking about content of the early nineties and even prior to, I don't know anybody who doesn't get it or younger or whenever they listen to this is like, just understand is that, you know, our culture, when it comes to content, popular, uh, like popular um, IPs, content, whatever, it is so incredibly fractured nowadays where somebody could be, have a totally different, not a totally different, but a different um, uh, for you page on all of these streaming services. And it doesn't, there isn't such a, like, no, your eyeballs are allowed to go to so many other places where previously that wasn't the case. Like, m most people would have a collection of 100 channels, 50 channels, and that's it. And, on you know, so if you're a kid growing up and during that time, almost everybody has access to watching Pokemon on, um, you know, I believe it was... I'm trying to remember, was it on Nickelodeon? Like I can't remember. Or like ABC or like Yeah, it wasn't UPN. PBS or whatever. But I mean, back then, I mean, there's a lot of excellent, amazing points that you brought up there and that tail end. Yeah, I, I'd say for sure there's not as much of a, like a monoculture now where th everybody's talking about the same thing and watching the same thing at the same time. And it's able to have lasting power or a lot a lot more various things are able to have lasting power. It's the attention span of, the, of pop culture is a little uh, diminished or it's just short, shorter uh, onto the next thing. And the closest to that now in the, like in our just most recent uh, sort mm -hmm. of thing, I guess might be like stranger things, stranger things would be the yeah. thing that's like, Oh, everyone's kind of talking about, or like oh, the last season it. of euphoria. Yeah. I could really sense that a lot of, or, but even then so, some of those things, even then it's just like not, it's not, I don't know. It's the closest thing. But back then, yeah, it's like, I specifically remember waking up extra early so I could brush my teeth, watch some Pokemon before going to school, be able to have the discussions with my friends at school about the episode that we just watched. And it would be that same episode. So we could just, and I'd be like, oh man, if I'm not part of that discussion, then I feel a little exactly. bit left out. Exactly. And I would play, 
And this is this is how top to bottom like this this you know IP was just a part of our lives was I would play the fucking Game Boy game on the way to you know watch or watch it in the morning, watch the cartoon in the morning. Put the game put my Game Boy on and play it on the way to school, which was like a pretty like I had like a half hour drive to school and I would play like a good amount so much so that I still remember times where I would get to the school beg my mom to like let me finish this battle because I can't save in the middle of a battle so just mm-hmm. let me finish this like gym battle and her just sitting there letting me you know my parent now I'm just realizing how wonderful my parents yeah are, right like making letting me do all this pokemon shit um but the yeah and then not to mention that but also the trading card game was a huge, a huge, huge deal. deal like that was like something that you had physical souvenirs of this thing that you loved that was a show that was you know the game that was a movie they were just like finding every single way of uh just mil- milking it those 100 first 150 pokemon and the fire that started at that time and how quick they were about just getting all that shit out there yeah, was incredible. like a rush man so it leads me to i'm kind of going backwards through all the great points that you made and backwards mm. would lead me to one i think one of your earlier points was the animation and this is another thing that I think, get just get it out. Get that Pokemon movie out the door to those hungry fans that want a movie. And we're just going to call it the first movie because God knows we're going to make 20 of them and make bank off it. But for now, we just got to strike while the iron's hot. Who knows how long this Pokemon thing will last necessarily. So it's like, there. It was. it is kind of disappointing where like, there will be spurts of creativity, but it's just tempered with like this hurried rush out the door sort of production of this movie. And it really ends up feeling like a prolonged episode to, for better or worse. I mean, if you're already into that sort of thing, it, I think it does strike a lot in the notes of that. The, you know, the original first uh, season run of the show kind of hits. Um, but it is, the there's some interesting CGI stuff going on as well, where it's like there's mm-hmm. 3d modeling that's going on between like certain foreground background sort of stuff. Like in like the door, I remember the door being like the big, like you see the door open and close and it, and it kind of has like this windows screensaver, uh labyrinth sort of look to it or, or something. If you know what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. <laughs> that windows 95 screensaver labyrinth mm-hmm. thing <laughs> makes any sense uh, to right. anybody out there. But I, I think that contributes to it, but I, I was kind of I was like writing notes to all the great points you were making. There was one other point you made about the, yeah, just how anime was like cheaply made and everything too. And I and I do agree that there's like varying qualities of it all, um, but also something that like Western audiences didn't have as much of an understanding with, as well was manga, and like mm-hmm. and like reading yeah. it and everything too, where you were able to get away with some of the stilted sort of like just have a character model on the page and then you just move their mouth a lot. And then you just have some background stuff and it ends up looking like a comic book or a manga, you know, it's trying to replicate that. And so to Western audiences who are used to Disney and, you know, at that time it's like the gold, some of the golden age of animation, you know, like nine nineties, I feel like some of like the I like yeah. late late eighties and, and like all the Disney stuff coming around that time was just Judy animation and Miyazaki, sure, yeah. Miyazaki, of course. I mean, you don't even need to mention him, but it's like he, 
just makes everyone else look worse. He does. He makes, yeah. And, and when, especially in retrospect, because you're like, oh, there was especially better, sh- way better shit being way made. Way better. <laughs> you know? Way better. Like, that's, yeah. And that's a problem that I have with this movie is now having seen a majority, if not all, of Hayao Miyazaki's movies is like this makes his stuff makes this movie look like dog shit because of everything of all of it like the animation we're talking about the overall storytelling um yeah like ethos themes uh characters progression characters themselves all of it like uh, characters in the sense of like you know these cute creatures and things like that all of it just makes this really seem very poopy especially when you realize it's a different cut for american audiences too so it's even tailored down from whatever sort of things that are trying to you know not to say it's that much better but there's got to be some other themes within the japanese cut that's got to i don't know I've heard that seem to be touching on some more adult themes in like a slightly better way. Yeah. I was going to say that's, it was interesting. Cause I had no idea about that until watching this movie the second time and looking into some of the uh, backstory and whatnot about this is that, and it, and it was not surprising in the slightest because I, the reason that Hayao Miyazaki to me is so wonderful is that, and the realization of, Oh, here is a story that is incredibly nuanced that doesn't really have right or wrong answers. It's just trying to tell you how things are and allows you as the person to connect with certain bits of it and really dwell and think about where you fit into its ethos or fit into its morals. And that require, and it treat uh, Hayao Miyazaki treats its like audiences, uh, like they're intelligent, real people. And this, just like with, I'm sure with other movies that are have gone through similar process, I th- the, you know, I'm sure if we really thought about it, we could pick out a lot of movies that, you know, have a, a his, like a uh, history of, I, you know, the director th- wanted it to be about this thing that isn't that is a little bit opaque and uh hard to wrestle with and then a studio coming in and going like no there needs to be more clear-cut bad guys good guys uh a simple a to b plot as opposed to more like oh well it could be this or yes this is bad but this is also good and both of those two things can live you know, together, just yeah. like reality and human beings have that capacity. Well, you, you bring up ethos and I think, I mean, it'd be a good place to maybe start. Well, yeah, totally. We could Let's talk about the short film, but I think this is more interesting. We can get to that. At some, just, there's nothing there's, well, we can talk, but like, I was just going to say that, well, just to talk about Mewtwo, because this is Mewtwo's yeah. movie. Like this is, this movie yes. is a, about Mewtwo and I think there are a lot of interesting concepts to Mewtwo as a character about cloning and, and about who he is and the ethical dilemma dilemmas that you come into when facing Pokemon in general, the, the concept of Pokemon. The issue is they don't follow through on any of those ideas necessarily, but also, I, that's where I question the cut, where it's like, yeah, in, in a Miyazaki film or something, you could probe some of these ideas and and kind of mm-hmm. poke around and 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 just to illuminate the nuance 
and gray area of, hey, what are we doing here? Like, let's think about this. And the way that it is done and that must carry over to both movies is Mewtwo's journey, his transformation, and what he goes through. And I think there's a lot of parts that are are strong about his character and what drive this movie even so much so that it's like replicated later on in like fucking detective Pikachu and, and shit because it's Which, like, uh, yeah, so it's interesting, like interesting right? enough character. Yeah. Element, I, I guess, you know, and, uh, and there's just a, it's just a bummer when there's a, like a good amount of like interesting ideas being presented, but there's just not as much of a follow through and, Almost uh, zero in and I, well, my, my thing, and I'm, I'm going probably big picture here with, with this point, but just like Mewtwo's character is interesting. And I said that already, but some of it gets, I gets a little dicey for me as like his plan. Like he, so he like says at one point he wants to get rid of humans and Pokemon, but mm. then he wants to, and he's mad at that. He's been cloned and he's mad that they are using him as a slave and they don't really care about him. And he looks down upon other Pokemon that, that sign up for this. And he looks down on humans that do this to other Pokemon. So what does he do? He does all the things he hates. He, he clones, he makes, makes he makes Pokemon servants. He uses them to battle and he, doesn't want to destroy everyone he wants his clones to take over so he doesn't want all pokemon to go away he wants this new race of like clone pokemon to take over because he thinks they will be stronger so he thinks he can just clone better it's like his plan like falls apart for me halfway through when that shit starts to happen when he like opens up the the stadium he's like yeah this was all for this big battle that i want to have with all these kick-ass new clones that i made and i'm like I don't understand why that is like, and I, I, I don't know. Is there, is there a way that, is there something that I'm not thinking clearly about or am I something I'm missing or is that a fair point to bring up? You know? No, it's an absolutely fair point because yeah, all it, God, it just made me think of um, uh, no time to die in my not understanding what the plot of the villain is where it, the way that it's presented is, well, I really just want to destroy the world because I'm really bitter about what has happened in my life. I don't understand, you know, why, where I'm trying to find my purpose. I've been wronged by a lot of people. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to burn the whole world down. And then so for no time to die, it's like I'm going to flood the world with nano blood and then kill everybody of a certain ilk. And that's it. And you're just like. But then he also seems like he's like just trying to sell it to the top bidder and they can do whatever they want with it. So it's like, you don't even know what you want. You just want to make money. But then once you make your, your bank or whatever, it's like the world sounds like it's going to be an awful place to live in. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so like, you know, to your point about Mewtwo is then labels himself as the greatest Pokemon master. That's not, that's against what you're about. Like you said, is that you don't want to, like, you're not about masters. If anything, you're anti-establishment. You're like, I've been wronged by Giovanni and this is in my, you know, and the movie would benefit so much of getting into the more of the relationship of that kind of stuff of like, 
Giovanni wrongs him. He now thinks all humans are like Giovanni. And that's kind of, that's a part of what's setting him on his path is that and the scientists too. Yeah. Those are the scientists as well. Those is his only human. So this is, uh, you know, this is his foundation for what humans are like potentially like. But and then, then he has into- memories of himself as Mew. Oh, that was so cool. Oh my God. And I love uh, Mew too is cool. Yeah. Cool, Mewtwo cool is idea. Cool. Like cool villain. Mewtwo is cool. And I bet and you like, uh, I, I bet you so much. Like one day we are going to see a remake of, of this tale of this movie of this telling of Mewtwo. I think they're going to do like another version of, of like a souped up version. If not this, then I don't know. Just have me. I guess they kind of had Mewtwo and detective Pikachu, but there's something about this bare bone, the bare bones of this plot that like is very intriguing. And like, if we're gonna go, like, we don't have to go beat by beat. But you brought up Giovanni, stop, please. No, no, no. Uh, no. We got the clone part, and then uh, he breaks out, and then it immediately, there's immediately just pretty much gets into Giovanni. Giovanni's like rolls right up after he escapes and burns down the facade, and uh, mm, which uh, then also gets us into and, where the show is as well. Is how so? So Giovanni is the last gym leader that uh-huh. you fight in the, in the game and in the show and, and uh, so, head of team rocket head of team rocket as well. And so you see Giovanni having Mewtwo as his Pokemon that he duels people with as a gym leader in the show, both in this and in here, you also see it. And I made a note of it is, is that one of the people that he fights in this movie is Gary. Yeah, I, I, I know that was awesome. It, and I think you see that battle in the show. If, if I, it's been such a very oh, long time. Dang. Okay. <laughs> Be- I was like, it's what- Gary. I know that, sh- that blue shirt and brown hair from anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> Cause where we're at just for anybody who gives a shit. Is or like- as if you call them in my game, fart nugget or whatever. If <laughs> 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 you never play yeah, Pokemon, you can name easy arrival. You, you can yeah, name yeah, one, you whatever name you want. Go shell right. shocker. You can name your Pokemon. Uh, yeah. You can name your Pokemon. It's really fun. Pokemon the game is fucking lit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so where we're at in the show is, is that the... Con- so Ash just got all of his gym badges. And then this movie happens, and then following it is going to be the Elite Four. Wow. Okay. So... And then All they come the out scene- with that second movie is about the birds and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then gold and silver comes out like around that time. Ugh. Good, good times in my childhood. Oh my God. Yeah, absolutely. So man, really, you know, as a show watcher, and that's the thing about this, that I was just really like inter- an internal conflict was going on with me is that I'm remembering what, how important the game is because so much of Pokemon to me is because of the like, yes, obviously the cards are a huge deal because the cards was a way for children to have like tradable, like valuables to trade, which is a really a representation of your interests. Kind of like, oh, I'm it's I'm, a representation a of your like, interests. I'm a collect, I have a collection. I'm collecting things. Yeah. You have your favorite Pokemon. You have varying levels. And it also just really showed you varying levels of economic status as well as like, and it just is such a, a interesting microcosm of like uh, very young kids having 
items to trade and to barter with. So there, and all of them have varying values and people are interested in certain, certain Pokemon over the, over others. So it isn't necessarily about money, but it's also tied in that. Cause you could just go buy a Blastoise Dude, outright. The trading would get intense. Intense. Again, a shout out to my parents. One thing that was really fun that I, that my dad and mom like, did for me is we would go to the beach often because we're both you know james as well as our socal surfer dude and we would go to the the beach often and so on the way and my mom just like most moms are really into malls and so we would go to the beach go to uh, go to a mall go to food and that's like a you know days during the summer like that's how socal living was during that time and you know in between grades and then leading into the grade uh is there was a store in like Escondido that sold Pokemon cards by, you know, they came in these booster packs, but you could buy them technically in the boxes, which had, I believe it was uh, 20 packs in them. And so what my parents would do is they would buy me a full sleeve and tell me that if I sold seven, pa- I think it was like seven packs, then I would get one. Like I would get to take one. Oh, wow. To then, so at Linfield, uh, I think, yeah, and it was before you got there because you came in like fifth grade or whatever. But like uh, I was selling Pokemon packs <laughs> you to would. people and then getting, you know, then I would you know sell so many packs, get a pack and um, <laughs> allowed me to collect a really wonderful collection of Pokemon cards because I would just have this, you know, every so often get a, a pack and all of that stuff. And um yeah, like having Pokemon cards, having all of these. Yeah, I don't know. It just um, it was really important, and people wanted them. People were so about them. Yeah, it was a big I'm trying deal. To rem- trying to remember how much I sold them for. I think it was like five bucks a pack. I want to say, or somewhere around there. Um, and they, they're great. like, they are those cards that you're talking about, like, are valuable right now. And that's that's what's funny to me is like those things did have lasting power and people like are, are paying good, good money for like those, those, uh, collections. And that's like something that is interesting. That's it's, it's lasted. Cause yeah, there's other things that have, that replicated it like Digimon or, or whatever. And even Yu-Gi-Oh to an extent was probably some sort of like extension of the Pokemon trading game of, of a way to, uh, you know, kind of bank off that a bit, but, uh, it was it was a lifestyle, man. I have I have such fond memories of of that doing like the linking link cables and everything. You could trade oh, Pokemon that way too. You could take your little, you know, no phones or anything, just a personal little Game Boy device and link them up and and trade stuff that way and duel. And the, this is just like a way to connect and socialize. You, you know, you just sneak it to school and everything. I, I don't know. It was uh, could go on and on just about that portion of it. Um, but I was going to say at this point in the movie, um, I was going to, one of my bigger gripes in terms of the story was I thought, you know, this movie, it didn't need Pikachu's vacation. It's like an hour, 15 minutes. If I were to put some more meat on the bones of this movie, which I think has a pretty interesting conceit, um, I'd get more into this Giovanni part. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, right. Because it kind of right. like rushes right into it. You don't really get a soup. I mean, he's like a James Bond villain. He's got an evil kitty cat Persian, and that you don't need to know too much about him, but like a little bit more on him. And then I thought my little like rewrite of the script or whatever was like have Team Rock have Jesse and James get like a mission 
from Giovanni. Sure. You know, to either I like either like investigate Mewtwo or something like it wants Mewtwo like bails on G- Giovanni's like, oh, I'm going to send these two numbskulls to do my bidding. And then you get a little back and forth with Jesse and James with Giovanni. And then they have to like either go hunt down or like go investigate what his, this big battle is going to be about. And then that way you could attribute some of those things that I was having a difficult time with that Mewtwo was attributed with. You can attribute all that evil shit of like cloning and battling and stuff to Giovanni. He's like, he, he, and then he rolls up on the cloning facility. He's like, Ooh, what's this? Oh, okay. Like, and then he like puts it back together and he starts cloning. He starts wanting to do the battle thing. And then Mewtwo is just off trying to find Mew and trying to understand himself and trying to just, and the world around him. And then they get invited to this thing by Giovanni and he's the evil mastermind. It's all the, he's more evil. I don't know if that was just, okay. That's, that's my, uh, if you add like, you could add like 20 minutes to this movie and figure that out. <laughs> so what I would say though, is, is that is all done in the show. So again, like the problem with this movie for me, just by and large is, is that it is, it's not great for people who don't understand what's going on in the show, which is a majority of the parents that are taking their kids to it. And so just the, what I've been thinking about with this, you know, movie and with the IP in general, the time just reminiscing and whatnot and just, and then attributing it to it to like what makes a movie like this good and successful. And it is such a hard line to walk of like, well, people who don't know about this stuff are going to go see it. So how much do you cater to them or, and then how much do you just focus on like the core fan base to appease them? Because obviously we, as we've seen with the biggest IPs and the biggest movies and whatnot and being, you know, uh, Marvel, uh, you know, anime too, by and large now is, is such a enormous, uh, you know, kind of, uh, apparatus or whatever. And, like Moongan Train, for example. Could you imagine if you'd never seen that show and going to see that movie? How insane that would be? That would be the craziest thing where you're like, wait, why are we here? What are we doing? But people know How? buying the ticket what that is. So exactly. to your to your own argument, like people going to see the Pokemon movie maybe should know what they're getting into. Totally. So, but then I would just say is that so I, I see there's another version of the movie that is a little bit more like Detective Pikachu, where I remember Detective Pikachu at the beginning. I was like, in this city, Pokemon and people live together. And then you get a nice little like narration of like, uh-huh. oh, you get a feel of what, what's, what's the deal? And the, like, what are these Pokemon? What's, what's going on here? Um, but this is just like, yeah, I think it is an interesting thing even for somebody who does know the show to like introduce a brand eh, it's not a brand new but Mewtwo's in the game. But it's like does I don't know how much Giovanni. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, definitely. But like I don't know how much that lore was figured out within the game before they came out with this movie, or if it was like Mewtwo was a clone of Mew and that's how it was. But I I don't know. That stuff works for me. The G- I mean it has G- to be G- his name's Mewtwo. Yeah, right? Right? Yeah, it has to be. But it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So, uh, that maybe that's why that worked cuz it was already figured out before. I like the I like the Giovanni thing. Like I like this Mewtwo thing of like uh all these questions he's asking. He's like pissed off. He's like trying to philosophically like 
wax poetic about his own existence and shit. And he is rolling rolling around. He destroys the like the the cloning facility, Giovanni's thing, and goes off on his own. And then I don't know, like the ash stuff starts, and this is where it starts to go downhill for me a little bit. I guess this this ash stuff is like pretty <laughs> weak. Um, but it also, yeah, you get at least a Pokemon battle. You get him to do at least one battle. This is like check checklist on a box, not necessarily making a good movie or whatever, but I'm just saying like they check Mark. He gets into a Pokemon battle. Um, you know, you get horny Brock, you get, uh, Psyduck and Misty and Togepi and you get this song, which is kind of like a nineties house sort of re- remix version with a little bit more like <laughs> yeah, a little R and B. No one ever. It was like uh, did not like it as much as just the original. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's dated now, right? Yeah, is and that's the problem. Is there was they you took a by and large a simpler song and you spiced it up with contemporary like instrument sounds uh vocals and all of that and yeah it just in 2022 just doesn't sound great it's not you know it, it's still at the core of it has the song which is uh you know obviously iconic fun because it's such an anthem it's so like mm. want to be the very best oh, that's yeah. how it starts and it, comes, like, and it lo- comes during like a battle and so you're like oh okay we're in we're in pokemon town like yeah. and i don't absolutely hate it it's just like i think some of the animation of this part starts to like be it's like oh this enough. yeah this just feels like a show and it kind of kind of was surprising to me this time around where i'm like i still remember season to season animated shows i was such a big cartoon fan like, oh, SpongeBob season two. Oh, they really plus up the animation with season two. We can really feel the difference. Oh, season three is even better. Oh, wow. Simpsons is like, oh, it's the, those lines are a little bolder. Oh, it's a little cleaner or something. And it's like from the show to the movie. Yeah, there's just scenes that just look like they would fit just right in with the show. And that's kind of disappointing when you could leave this thing in the oven a bit more and have them really like make this plus this up and make it make it look better. But I think they were just... Like, oh, let's just take what's already successful and do a movie version of what already exists to get it out the door. Even if, even mm-hmm. though I think they had a pretty solid script sitting there. Um, but they get this, yeah. they get this invitation from Dragon Knight. Um, who L- gets love from, me some Dragon Knight. Love some Dragon Knight. And that him like just flying across the water was like a real like scene that looked like it was from the beginning of the show or at least there's this dragonite flying in the uh, opening of the yeah, show dragonite's a very mythical character in the show you see him like not so like elite four do you see a dragonite i think oh my god yeah it's such a yeah coveted character uh there had been episodes prior to this where just dragons in general uh in the show are you know regarded as special and otherworldly uh mythical uh you know we had seen dragon discussions and seen some dragons in the show but yeah it's very much like oh there's this mysterious monster on a hill and we don't know about yeah, them yeah yeah you know that kind of you see it in like the uh, rain plot. and like the shadows or something yeah or right like so that. to see a dragonite and also too he's got this fun little messenger the bag little sack, yeah a little satchel that is just really fun and he just has a fun little demeanor i yeah. love poking 
I do. I love Pokemon. It just makes me so upset how like shallow and un like shallow the story is and how uneven yeah. the animation is. Oh, I, it's I, like your points are well received and you've uh, already you've already like eloquently stated stated them too. And so yeah, it's like we'll, just, we'll, it roll drives through, me nuts. we'll roll through like the broader beats of this and then and then have have our fun and criticize where where we may. But uh mm-hmm. yeah you get and then you get Team Rocket uh stopping him i you know gotta love team team rocket i just love james's voice it's voice. I, he's got the same name as me but i i don't know it's something it's like <laughs> it's almost like snaggle puss even uh-huh. <laughs> and then you got meowth coming in with his, his, these little puns and yeah. jokes little that was clearful that was clearful i don't know there's a lot of, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of good stuff um and then they just like all they want is pikachu and to get back at ash and they're like, hey, what is this? Just their MO. What is their part? Yeah, I know. I just love how dedicated and committed they are to that. <laughs> where they're like, oh, they're going to a party with that, and we're not gonna, we're not invited. Well, fuck them. We want, we're gonna go check out how cool this party is that we're not invited to. And they go so hard to try to make it happen. Um, so much so that uh, when they go to the uh, poke, what are they? Oh, fuck, am I blanking? Not Pokemon Health Center, Poke Center, just Poke Center. Um, uh, no, it's so it's a wharf essentially, which is featured in games in the game. Is there's wharfs and there's like a. a oh, no, I'm like, talking about the like the Poke Center where like the nurse Nurse Joy or whatever like heals your Pokemon. Isn't it just called a Poke Center? Uh, they never go to a Poke Center in this movie. Where, oh, where they're like house that where they're that's where the nurse works and she heals all the Pokemon. That's where they're like they're they're ha- like they're uh, taking shelter. Uh, no, it's a wharf. It's uh, the and then the commander is a, like uh, the wharf commander. And it's all about like that particular vis- like a facility is about uh, getting on ships. And that's uh, it's like a dock oh. like a, or it's like a waiting area to get on a dock. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I know the outside was. I just thought like that inside was like, oh, the nurse's pictures on the wall. That's for Pokey Center. Regardless, whatever, it doesn't matter. They're all there. Picture on the wall is because she's missing. And then they talk about like, oh, I oh, thought that even, was like, oh, even she's the employee, Poke Center's closed. She's nurse of the month. <laughs> oh, no. That was. No. <laughs> it was a, like a she's missing the only, person. She's the poster. only one who works here. There's like 20 <laughs> posters of just her. She's like, yeah, she's nurse of the month every month. <laughs> I, well, that's a funny ongoing joke in the show. Because the same situation is also be the case for the police in this world. And oh, so yeah. It's two, always two, Joy, two things Joy that and I lo- Jenny or I forget their name. Joy yeah. and Jenny. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I don't if anybody, again, who hasn't played Pokemon, which I can't imagine. But, like, it's such, it was such a funny thing that the show did because in the game it made sense because NPCs for the Poke Center and for the cops are all the same because they didn't, well, you know, want to spend the time animating every single person being uniquely different that is essentially fill, fulfilling the exact same job. And that translates into the show and it makes jokes about it all the time where it'll show like all the employees of like the, uh, of like a precinct and they're all the same girl and the same goes for the uh it's the hilarious hospital. and it's usually brock going from town to town being like oh, oh she's even more beautiful than <laughs> you know <laughs> the one in viridian city and they're like every exactly. every single one says their identical sister oh you met my sister oh you met my other sister <laughs> it's like Brock, what a cat, dude. I know, I, just, I know. He's too oh, much. He's too much. He's too much. Every I, time. Yeah. Every keep, time it, he... keep it in your pants, buddy. 
I know. He, he's but such a I was dog. I was laughing about that because he saw the poster of her and he's like, oh, she looks familiar. And I was chuckling because I was like, oh yeah, because they all look the same. I was like, oh no, that's because that's the little girl on the hologram. hologram. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I was thinking of the other joke of like, oh, <laughs> she looks familiar because you see her every town you go to. Um, so this, that brings up something now that come to mind that I really also had another problem with about this, like this movie having a lack of confidence in uh, like surprise plot points because in never like, okay, so this is an example, uh, you know, the nurse is a good example. And then so is Mewtwo by and large in this movie. An example that I want to bring up is. So they, so they get, uh, they get this hollow card invitation. Brock is like, Oh my God, she's so beautiful. And then they go to the wharf to go to Pokemon Island or take a ferry there. And then they see the poster for the nurse and they're like, Oh, that looks like the girl in the hologram. So immediately you're like, Oh, okay. I think so it's, I mean, that- it's just Brock saying she looks familiar that, but it, the, uh, it, it's, it's such a straightforward, like, Oh, these yeah. two things are connected. Sure. Like, it is as, a, a, as a it, child, I like, if they didn't do that, I might've missed it. So it's like, I'm trying to think of like, maybe. Uh, as an, <laughs> as an eight year old of just kind of like, sure, yeah. sure. Fair. But okay. Then I guess the thing that is, it's more not necessary because it is revealed later, but it's just like, they, yeah, I don't, they don't literally say like, Oh, it looks like that hologram girl. It's just Brock being like, she looks familiar anyways. Well, they also like keep reiterating it because like first it goes, oh, the nurse is missing for a week. Oh, interesting. Cause she looks like the girl in the hologram. Okay. Then they get to the Island. They're like, oh, you look like the nurse that's missing. <laughs> and then they're she's like, no, I've been here my whole life. And then you're like, definitely that nurse. And then it's like, I'm the nurse. And you're like, yeah, no shit. You're the nurse. Like we, you've just like given all of these moments that obviously are telegraphing that you're the nurse that's been missing. Um, but one, one thing that kind of bum, like bum me out or maybe really frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, that's a minor, whatever gripe, but a, a thing, the thing, I, the thing I liked about that was like, I was on the verge of agreeing with you at the end of like, he's like, Oh yes, I kidnapped the nurse, and I was like, "Yeah, no, we got it." And Mewtwo starts to explain, like, "Yeah, I took her from the local <laughs> town." I was like, "No, I know. We all like we, once we, her mask came out, I got it." But the thing that he said that like my even my dumb brain didn't wouldn't put together, but I'm glad he said was like, "Yeah, she's a nurse. I use her mind and her knowledge of of the health and and mm-hmm. well being of a Pokemon to learn how to make clones." of said Pokemon. And I was like, Oh wow, that's a plot point that works really well of like, he didn't just need anybody. He actually used telepathically the knowledge of her brain to, to enact his Island of Dr. Pokemon Moreau. Moreau. <laughs> yeah. Right. Pokemoreau. Uh, I w- okay. So, but I, again like okay so that's not that egregious fine i i'm on board with what you're saying oh i see your point i mean in a miyazaki movie for sure it's like if if we're gonna constantly compare there then yeah it's gonna lose every time because miyazaki would be like it's a fact like the cigarettes a fact of life they're not gonna fucking understand it and like they just have to grow up understanding that not understanding everything is a part of it and what i don't know (laughs) oh oh i love that so much uh but anyways like so Something to be said, too, is like when they receive the invitation, uh, Mewtwo uh, just starts whirling his three tennis ball hand uh, together and creates a storm. And then that 
it, it ends up being a test later. Yeah, he's just got these three three tennis ball uh, like as hands, and they just like yeah. But showing that frustrated me because a part of the the story is there is a, Ash gets an invitation by the greatest Pokemon master to come to his island, which is very cool. Love this, this story, right? Uh, gets invited to the, uh, by the greatest Pokemon master to come to the island and then you're going to meet him and then so on and so forth. And then it cuts to him to the, uh, like this really elaborate room where it's got these this big screen, this huge chair. You don't see who's in it. The nurse Looks like walks HR in. HR Geiger constructed it. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't, oh. I, I couldn't get that out. But so there's this big TV. The nurse comes in and then they reveal that it's Mewtwo. And I'm like, why not? Like, God damn it, guys. Like, why not not show his fucking hand? Why not just go like, you know, keep that mystery a bit. Like, well, yeah, I can kind of tell that this is where it's going, but like, good Lord. Like, could you not have him have a glove? Like, and then he does this thing. And then so uh, you just have this okay. air of mystery. Oh, like, oh, maybe it's Giovanni. Of course, or maybe it's somebody that from the, you know, maybe a deeper character from the show. Like, you know, what if it was, you know, at least have the mystery of, you know, uh, yeah, not straightforward being like, well, it's for sure me too. Mm -hmm. Here's his hand here. He's doing the, doing the thing. And that just, yeah, it I drove me nuts. Mean. Yeah, that's fair. It drove me nuts. Because there like, was why? a moment where it was mysterious and then they like took it away. Um, although I, you know, I do like the fact that he can like, create a storm with his hand that. is like really cool, but so that cool. how they divvy out information. Um, my excuse would be for children, but I, I do know what you mean. We're like, of course they can handle that in, in a way of, of divvying out in, in a smart way too. But yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just, it doesn't have any confident confidence in the audience, which again is always going to be kind of the very simple comparison to a Miyazaki movie or to any movie that is worth its weight in salt, as opposed to this movie that has zero balls and doesn't like, it doesn't have confidence. It doesn't have balls to go like, you know what? We're not going to be entirely straightforward and obvious. We are going to, maybe be a little scary, maybe be a little nuanced. And even down to the story that differences between the Japanese version and the American version of Mewtwo's, you know, cause I don't know if we've said this specifically, but the clear difference uh, that it, between the Japanese version of this and the U S version of this is that Mewtwo isn't a villain necessarily in the Japanese version. He is just trying to find out where he fits in the universe and where he fits and what his purpose is. And yes, he doesn't do that. You know, he, he obviously makes some uh, poor judgment in thinking that the world or his purpose could be something that it, it, it shouldn't be because it is either too cynical, vindictive, what have you. But the U S version is just like, no, this Mewtwo is evil. 
and mm-hmm. he's the bad guy and this is the person that we're going to fight against and it yeah it's um even i re- remember reading something where the producers because the the uh, this is a problem of the japanese version obviously was made and came, you know produced and came out or was created and then u.s producers and distributors come in and go yeah. american audiences aren't gonna get it mm-hmm. and just that shit fucking sucks yeah like, oh, i for hate sure. that I hate that so much. Yeah, if I think any, there was even like yeah. a long conversation between the two Meowths where like the other Meowth might, I think, I'm trying to remember, I, I heard that it like, I think the other Meowth actually speaks back to the, to the other, the two Meowths are speaking to each other. It's not just like, meow. And then the other mm. one speaks like they're both can speak and they're having like this long discussion looking at the stars of like existential shit and like what it, what right. it means to, and they, they inch a little close to there, even with like the little meow, 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 uh, it gets close to like a moment, but it just, it just brushes its shoulder against something that would actually like mean something and just (laughs) wants to like dumb itself down for American audiences, which as you said, is a real fucking bummer, dude, that like that, that's what producers or whatever feel like needs to be done. Or maybe there's other good examples of some of the writers coming up with amazing puns within the English language that would only work within the English language and how they do wordplay has always blown my mind. Even like watching within the past like five years, I think on Netflix, I had watched the first like season of of Pokemon. And within that show, it's funny, man. It's really, really funny how well they're able to. It's punny. It's really punny. It's it's amazing how well they're able to include those things when you know the original translation was not that joke, but they found a way to like make it a funny English joke too. Good. But, but like, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean with producers and stuff like that. And even some Miyazaki movies. I'm not sure if there's any, do you know if there's any different cuts for American audiences or he has final cut for all that shit, right? They just gave oh him final yeah. cut for it. Cause he wouldn't, I feel like he would be like, no fucking <laughs> no. way. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Not. Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> it's not happening. Cause it doesn't feel cut. It doesn't feel trimmed or yeah. it feels like very much uh, something that was is not in a lot of our media his his kind of stuff and uh yeah no, i'm curious to, the, to watch that that japanese version yeah yeah me too so, so speaking of the punny stuff in the american dubbing uh what i really connected with still to this day is, is that yeah about the minnesota one yeah. where <laughs> yeah totally so just to get us you know back to the plot of like so ash brock and misty are um at the wharf and there's a storm. So then the commander for the transportation or whatever comes out and says, no one's allowed to leave because, or there's no boats leaving because the storm's so bad. It's the worst storm that they've ever seen. This is not going to happen, but obviously we live in a world with Pokemon. So there's a couple trainers that have water type Pokemon or flying type Pokemon. There There was a storm years ago where the Pokemon tears made the, storm go away uh, there's some there's some like foreshadowing of pokemon tears that she said mm-hmm. i never noticed before she's yes, like, yeah it, like a hundred mm-hmm. years ago there was this storm and the pokemon were so sad that they cried and it went away something like that which is really a part of the pokemon as a whole i just to quickly say is that that's what's so exciting about pokemon in general is and the game is obviously the best example of this is that in the game, there are NPCs that will tell you about a living and breathing world and talk about these stories that they've heard from their parents, from their grandparents that have been in internium about this. This particular thing happens because of X Pokemon or 
you know, something to the effect of like the reason why the world is what it is, is because of these fables and stories. And so again, a great example of that in the movie, love that all about it. But yeah, so, um, they're so the Pokemon trainers that decide that they're going to take, you know, matters into their own hand. They have the right Pokemon. They're going to go to the Island, which the Island is very cool. Um, so Ash, Brock and Misty don't really go that route of using their Pokemon off the bat. Instead, they go to the wharf and then they're greeted by Vikings. And then of course, in Pokemon, the show fashion, don't question that at all. They're just like, Oh, okay. Vikings. Oh, Oh, well they got a ship. Vikings still (laughs) exist. Oh, cool. (laughs) Oh, cool. I guess we'll just hop in here. No, you know, obviously it's team. And where do they think they're they're like, Oh, (laughs) obviously it's team. (laughs) (laughs) Come on guys. It's obviously team rocket. And, so they're in this like Viking ship and, uh, and Brock makes the comment of, Oh, you don't see many Vikings these days outside of Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, he, you know, uh, I went over my head as a child. I had so much oh fun my- though, today hearing that. I was like, Oh my God, that is amazing. Cause there's like, yeah, the Vic- they're, like the Viking joke happens of like them being Vikings and them just being nonplussed by it is already pretty funny. <laughs> and then they had this thing about Minnesota and it's very deadpan and no one is reacting and just I don't know, the funniest characters in the show and and anything is usually Team Rocket. Like they're usually like yeah. Cosvillian and they're always they're like clowns of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and they're always pushing things along in a way that can be kind of not very natural or at least in the show of like, come on team. Like they will show up almost like pretty much every episode and just try to fuck with things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. really? You guys can't like take a break and just, cause they'll do it for no other reason than just like, "Mm, we're bored. (laughs) Like totally (laughs) because you know, team rocket never serves usually obviously there are certain episodes where it is the case, but like they're never the villains. They're these like, People yeah, trying to get on are, top. Yeah, like these tryhards. That, that's advantage. how you would try. Yeah, they would take advantage of a situation. They're like, uh, like vultures. You know, they're like scavengers. Oh. They're gonna take like whatever falls to the bottom. They're gonna scavenge and make the be- best out of that situation. I don't know. They're they're capitalists. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's a. That is a great take. <laughs> Giovanni's Trump. Come on. We all know it. Uh, we all know it. Come on. The writing's <laughs> on the wall. Let's uh, go. That's, that's a great one. Can I say there's just that this isn't like a punny thing, but I just was glancing at my notes to see if I, if I caught anything else. And at, when they were at their campsite at the beginning, uh, Ash is extremely hungry and yep. um, Brock is cooking him something. He's like, oh, this is, gonna be the, I'm gonna, this is gonna be the perfect thing. Uh, for you, my uh, lazy boy, no chew stew will fix you right <laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, I was Brandon thinking about what would that. be what would be in a lazy boy, no I mean, chew stew. Oh, right, I was thinking about that as well. Like, so what a no chew stew means is everything has been boiled to shit, where it's so soft that you would mm-hmm. just like put it in your mouth and just closing your mouth would dissolve all of the ingredients into mm-hmm. it. So it could very well be celery. A, like it could be, a, it's definitely going to have potatoes in it. I don't know the rest of the ingredients, but I imagine it's going to have potatoes. It's going maybe to have carrots, carrots herbs, maybe some, maybe some carrots, you know, root vegetables for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, Brock has always been known as a cook. I love Brock. I think yeah. Brock's funny. And, and you know what? It's funny to say that I love Brock because he, and he is, likes Brock he, Pokemon. He kind of has a very me too, like a, you know, me too vibe about him where he's like very sexed up and kind of, uh, yeah. Like if you were to be like, Oh, you know, a headline, come I mean, he's out, just, he's Brock sexually baby. assaulted a couple people. You'd be like, <laughs> well, I'm not totally surprised. <laughs> But I don't know. They're, he seems he, like, yeah, definitely. Like, he seems a little yeah. bit more down the line of voyeuristic and like someone would catch him being like a peeping Tom or something. Yeah, like, yes. And like, because he, he's always just like, and he does that like anime or it's like, yeah, I don't know, or cartoon like the wolf and like Looney Tunes or something. Where he's like doing that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> his heart, his heart shaped <laughs> eyes and then the whole background changes. And then he just, but then that, that turns into the joke of it all where he's just falling in love with everything and they make fun of him for it. And that, at least speaks to them being like in on, in on the joke and like able exactly. and able to difference. like make fun of that. And yeah, it almost mm -hmm. reminds me of, you know, I don't have my breadth of anime knowledge isn't, isn't vast, but you know, demon slayer, I don't even know his, the character's name, but the one that's the like blonde hair guy, yeah. running the screen. It's like, that's just what he does. Like okay. that's this, his humor. He's so annoying. I fucking hate that character. So you're much. supposed to. And there's like people that, yeah, it does not surprise me that they do, but it's like the same people that hate lemon grab and adventure time probably as well. It's just like, I don't get it. I don't get why he's there. What's the humor. <laughs> he just screams and runs around. And I almost feel like lemon grab was like, inspiration from an anime character or something too. I, totally. I when things are like, that's the, that's the positive side of not having as much of a monoculture and things are a lot more globalized where we're able to pick and choose what we want to watch and, and partake in. And we can partake in Japanese animation when we want and how we want to do it. And it, and it, we could probably find the Japanese cut of this pretty readily. And that's, that's pretty great. You know, we're not like, limited to what maybe American producers and shit want us to see and want, you know, American children to see. It's like, you can have a little bit more agency over what you want to watch. And there's a lot, lot more out there, probably a lot more varying degrees of good and bad shit and, and everything. But, um, yeah, that's, that's where I have a hard time actually deciding what to watch on a, on a night of Netflix. Like, uh, I'll just fucking play some Pokemon instead. Um, can I take a break? Yeah, let's, okay. Yep, let's take a little break and uh, we'll be right back to finish up discussion and go to some uh, reviews and final thoughts. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we are talking Pokemon. Just just chatting about them Pokemons. Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon. And... Brandon, I was just wondering if there's anything throughout this third act that we should highlight. I I feel like uh, I'd be at least a little bit remiss if I didn't mention a couple of these like little sad tearjerker moments, you know, where um, the Pikachu's are fighting, you yeah. get the clones fighting, you get the brother my brother song uh -huh. start, start playing. Uh, uh, any feelings on that? Like that that little song. I, that song yeah. You like it? You liking that song? I, I you know what I'm I'm into that song. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. Of um, all the things that you don't like about, the, I didn't expect you that to be the thing that you do like. But I, you know what, I'm into that song. It still connects with me. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's a cool song. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not crazy about it, but it just yeah, that's also one of those things I feel like was part of the american release that they you know they're gonna tool right. around certain things and the soundtrack to this is pretty banging um 
There's the song at the beginning. It was by Vitamin C. Vacation, all I ever wanted. Vacation, gonna get away. Uh, I don't know if you watched. I. It's like a 20. You didn't have to, believe me. I've seen it before, though. Yeah, yeah. you've seen it before. But it, yeah, it's yeah, it's just 20 minutes of Pokemon talk, like making Pokemon noises at each other. And then. Yeah, no human characters until the very end. Yeah, and you just hear voices of Ash and Brock like, hey, come on down, vacation's over. And at the beginning, they're like, go on vacation. And then the everything in between is just like this, just all Pokemon, all Pokedrama. I, it's was, it was pretty fun, like visual stuff. But it's again, it's like, it's crazy that that was a movie. Like when you watch it, it just really feels like a half hour of morning, Saturday morning cartoons. Uh-huh, yeah. For what it's worth. I mean, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But to think of that starting major motion picture of Pokemon, like it's finally on the big screens and it's sorts of big at you on vacation. Yeah. I don't know. Um, 20 minutes. It's not really a short, the, the movie itself. That's like, I mean, almost a third of the movie is 20 minutes. I mean, that's like not right. really a short anymore. You're like, I want, I was wondering if they tack that on to pump it to an hour and a half or something. Cause they wanted it to be, but I, I don't know the full history of it. So I won't try to uh, guess, but um, yeah, so clones fighting, and then Mewtwo, Mew fighting, and uh, Ash heroically yeah. jumps in the middle of the blast, and for some reason it turns him to stone. And the pokey tears was foreshadowed, Brandon. You got to give it that. Those pokey tears, mm-hmm. they they set it up. Yeah. Um, and the the tears all come together in sparkles and heal Ash. I mean, this is. This is a dynamite scene. This is this is a good scene. Yeah, yeah, it is. is. It, or is it? Or, yeah. or is it not? Or is it just like uh, manipulative and and just trying? I I, I feel like nah, it's, I feel I, like it's I, effective. It's effective, which if anything would just be to say that the rest of the movie isn't. So slide on the mo- rest of the movie maybe, but it. It's also drawn out too, which is so funny because we just mentioned how short this movie is, and it is very, very easy breezy for them by and large, um, because of its runtime, the way that it moves through its plot is all all very very simple, straightforward, quick, never gets into too no. much of the you know and any details really, it just kind of cranks along, yeah. yeah. Um, well, what I say about this though is, yeah, brother, my, uh, yeah, the song's great. Um, I like the castle a lot, and I, you, we get a lot of exterior yeah. of the castle that is this island that has a very cool aesthetic to it, where it's got a lot of tall buildings, dark, interesting stuff. You know, at one point we're like in this very, very large room, and then. Mewtwo's allowed to wipe one wall and then it opens it up into an outside Pokemon battle area. All very cool still. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just, the movie at this point is like really just cranking along, just being, okay, so the Pokemon are all in conflict with their clone selves. Uh, no one is really winning. And then that is the moral of it is, is that fighting isn't going to, no one's going to win out of this. There's not going to be any winners by us fighting the real, point is to love each other and then from love you can you know you see the worth you see the value uh, uh of well, like everybody in, in a world of of pokemon like 
that's what it's kind of built on is these mm-hmm. battles. So it is kind of weird that they call out themselves of like, but maybe Pokemon shouldn't be fighting each other. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, absolutely. Oh, wait, that's our whole thing. <laughs> uh huh. Sure. Is duels and stadium and badges for, for doing that. But um, obviously not like this. You got to give them their special attacks and you got to give them the HP bar and have some rules and regulations. You know, you can't just have, you know, street fights. You got to have, you, you, you know, you got to have a referee in there somewhere. You got to get, make sure no one's getting really hurt. You got to get in the boxing ring, you know? Um, you know, something that made me frustrated that hasn't happened yet. I understood back in the, in the day when Pokemon came out that this couldn't happen, but in the show and in this movie, the way that fighting is done is that it is so in the moment reactive, like an actual battle would be. And the game is turn-based. So it's, you know, the way that the game would go down is, is like you attack then the other person attacks and then you keep going back and forth. But battling in the show and in this movie is I'll do a move and then there'll be a counter move to then get at them. And I just like, when is that going to happen in Pokemon games? Cause I uh, played, uh, shield or did i get sword i can't remember and i can't remember because i bought i paid fucking 60 bucks for a game that i played almost none of because it was so boring and good lord i hated that game so much. The, the beginnings of pokemon games uh i mean whatever i mean that's that's one of the charming parts of the early ones and it, and it has its place, but some of the later ones that I've played are like arduous and like fucking take forever to get through the beginning of some of these games where you just, Uh you can lose complete interest. And I, I didn't, I essentially did the same thing with sword or shield, whichever one I got, I did that exact thing that you uh, described. And even with like the newest one that came out, that is like open world and stuff. I've heard is good, but then I've also heard the story is trash and like the beginning takes forever to get through and all the cutscenes are just like interminable. Um, but this moves at, at a very brisk pace and it's like, yeah, I don't know, like the turn-based thing, that's a hard hard one to get down and it's like, <laughs> I don't know. How do you think that League of Legends show goes? You know, you think they right. get set up <laughs> in a lane or something and <laughs> people <Sure>. like... <laughs> start yelling at each other for not covering jungle or whatever the fuck. And they start <laughs> shitting on each other. Just oh, God. shitting on <laughs> Just reading all toxic. Oh, my God. That would be great. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, the 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 end of, end of this movie is essentially like Mewtwo seeing the love that Pokemon and humans share and kind of just, like, absconding from his entire plan and the whole situation and going off mm. and flying away with his clone Pokemon um and happily, like in the memory of everybody which is very convenient for the show because like i said at the top is that this movie operates like in the in between episodes and close to the end obviously of the um kanto region because that's the way that the pokemon games have always been the indigo that, league or something i forget what that season indigo, one is, season indigo one is league. Called, something like yep. that yeah Indigo is the league and Kanto is the region. And that's like how you usually bucket these games in is like, what is the region you're in and who are the, like, what is the league? Like where do the gym, like um, gym leaders, like what group are or like organization? What is that? And um, yeah, but no, you're right. Like this movie ends in Mewtwo just realizing the fault of his, um, 
pessimism really and uh memory wiping everybody oh yeah that's right and uh yeah taking all of his and stuff away just, just back at the that wharf area and the the mm-hmm. the leader is like oh the storm's gone oh that's great and then uh pretty much wraps up with like a really cool kind of like little vignettes at the end of uh, on top of the credits i just it looks nice of just like oh it looks fun to live in a pokemon world and picture mm-hmm. yourself in those little like slices of life and you get a little like i just was watching those and curious about if the last song was a christina aguilera song which it was um, but I was like looking to see some of the song names at, at the end and there's like a baby spice song and, uh, like I said, vitamin C and, and, um, I think NSYNC and, and that kind of stuff. And then mm-hmm. there's even like a, there's a, it's, there's nothing to it, but there's like a little end credits thing of uh, Mew like flying away on into a mountain or something like that. Um, and that's, and that's Pokemon the first movie, the first movie. Uh, colon Mewtwo Strikes Back. That's right. Oh yeah, the way and that title card when it comes up, Mewtwo Strikes Back is so fucking out of place and weird, and feels like just it's like very three D. Yeah, and it just and is. like puke green and blood red, sort of weird sort uh-huh. of combo, and it just doesn't match the bright kind of blue, red, white sort of Pokemon colors, yellow sort of colors. Um, in like the, I think of like the card or the, like the back of like the cards or something like that. Um, I just like looking through some of my notes before I do uh, reviews. I did. Uh, you gotta mention the uh, who's that Pokemon? And yeah, and then, Pikachu. Yeah, and then I thought it was hilarious how they actually got one wrong. They did. They're like, I, oh, it's Alakazam. I'm like, oh, oh that's definitely Scyther. That's Scyther. Yeah, about? and I went back. I was like. like Oh, James and Jesse and James are fucking idiots. <laughs> They're kind of dumb. Like all they do is hunt down Pokemon and they can't even fucking tell a Scyther from an Alakazam. I know we sound nerdy, but I mean, come on. Come on. And it was like insult to injury for me because there, uh, this isn't the first time that that uh, there's like a misstep in the dubbing of not getting the correct name. Right. And it was just so funny to me that, Oh, what if it was that? Where, where, where's the QA there? Where, where was somebody being like, no, that's definitely Scyther. Or like you redo that. Like yeah. why? <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> I, was um, con- yeah, I was confused at first, but, and then they like go up on that video and that there was that control panel. And then like this, video pops up showing mm-hmm. the exact slice of exposition that they that they like need to hear it was yeah. crazy i was like why the would this, machine why has the its fuck own. would this video be on this like control panel it was so weird uh-huh. it was like this hobbled together vhs fucking horror movie montage of like all the prior events leading up to this um in like news clips and shit i was like what is this? she sat on a control panel and this is the first thing that came up someone says uh pokey stein thought that was funny um, real pokey for no reason I think Meowth says something like do you think they're feeling clonesome <laughs> yeah which whatever uh, you know I gotta like his that's what he's he does the puns um, I was prepared for trouble but not like this this because <laughs> they don't even get to like prepare for trouble they don't even get to like that fully let that out like there's they, they get close double. at the beginning and then they yeah and then my last note was just how great the dugong sound is and i think that almost i don't know maybe that's similar to a polar polar uh yeah it's like dude yeah it's like a steel whale yeah for sure. 
Oh, I really, it was like almost a southern tail. There you go. Um, that's all. Uh, I'm down to move on to some uh, critics' thoughts of this here film, cinematic uh, triumph, <laughs> as I'm sure they will be telling us. Um, let's start with the Washington Post from Michael uh, O'Sullivan. I don't think we said at the top about what the score is. Oh, no. I don't think I did. I got all, all sorts of off track. This is going to be one of those episodes where I, uh, yeah, I was just talking about bullshit, I think, at the beginning of this episode and just didn't actually get into the, <laughs> what I should have been talking about. We got a 16% from the critics. We got a 64% from the audience. Thank you, Great Brandini, for keeping us on track here. Um, I will start with Wa- WAPO. Washington Post, Michael O'Sullivan, 10 out of 100. An unoriginal warming over of a skimpy Japanese production that has been re-edited, rescored, and rewritten for American Tots and padded out to feature length with a plotless short called Pikachu's Vacation. Okay. So that's what's fucked about this. Is I mean, if that's true, is that American producers cut that so much out of the movie that it wasn't a movie anymore. And they had to add bullshit in to make it a movie again is what that sounds like, which is so (laughs) upsetting. So upsetting. I think our American minds could have handled it. Whatever the Japanese, like, Uh, like whatever that that movie was putting out back then. Do you think we could have handled it, Brandon? I think we would have. Of course we could have handled it. (laughs) You're like, Oh no, we need to know that Mewtwo is a bad, bad, bad man. Bad the interesting man. thing too is when you're talking about being in the driver's seat of creative like development is that should be the the opposite of what you're doing. If anything, treat your audience like they're smarter than you are and approach the content that way. Because I think if you treat the audience like they're idiots then it gets you this movie where you're you are then ultimately end up being confused. Uh, you feel like you're missing things as opposed to if there was, if you were treated like you're a smarter person, you'd be like, I may not get this, but somebody else would and kind of to that effect. And that's such a better place to be at than like, yeah, the opposite. Uh, Let's move to Los Angeles Times from Robin Rousey. 20 out of 100. Pokemon isn't even good animation. Unless the standard of measure is the crude LCD graphics of a Game Boy. Uh, Steve Simels from TV Guide Magazine Mm. gives it a 20%. Saying this totally sucks. (laughs) David Sterrett from the Christian Science Monitor gave a 25 out of 100 and said, so sloppily made that it's barely coherent. If you want any Christian science news, it seems like a a place to go. Um, The Austin Chronicle, 30% from Marjorie Baumgarten. There's a new definition of the term critic-proof movie, and it goes by the name Pokemon the First Movie. Critic-proof. What does that mean? What does does that mean? You can't touch it? I don't know. (laughs) Don't touch us. Maybe you got to be a critic to get it. From Variety, 50. We're getting up here. We're getting warmer. We'll keep on moving up to the audience side of things. Uh, Robert Kohler. 
Girls, a big part of the Pokemon crowd and what makes it such a humongous commercial success will feel left out in the cold. Calling out Pokemon the movie for not in being inclusive to, to girls. Yeah, okay. Misty doesn't really get a lot to do. It's zero. Like, <laughs> let's like, be real. It's like honestly, next to zero. Honestly, it was like... It doesn't contribute at all. It was pretty fucking annoying how... They were like, oh, how are we going to cross the water? None of us have water Pokemon that could take us. I'm like, it's Miss Missy sitting right there. Like she's she was the water gym leader. Gym like, leader. Yeah. Like she should. Have, and Staryu <laughs> comes out, I guess. And then he has Ash as a squirtle. But like sink, it's like, why didn't we just do this to begin with? She didn't have a big enough water. She had to have had a water, some sort of water Pokemon. I don't know. Of course um, she did. Well, she had, she ended up having it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just like a big enough for... It's just that didn't make... Yeah, that was annoying. Um, I'll do one from USA Today from Mike Clark. Plays a little like a pacifistic variation on Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. Mmm. Hot take. Uh, Chicago Sun-Times, Roger Ebert, 50... Out of 100, it's just a sound and light show. It's linked to the marketing push for Pokemon in general. That, I mean, yeah, that, that's pretty much what that supports what we yeah. were kind of saying already. It was like, yep, this was like a get it while it's hot. Yep. And then all the way up to 58 before we moved to audience side from Owen Gleiberman at Entertainment Weekly, a dismayingly impersonal piece of anime, genial yet chaotic. This is where you start to get a little bit of like, oh, there's almost a compliment in there. Genial. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, but for the audience side, um, not like completely taken with this movie, 64%. Um, but on Amazon, where I'm going to be reading some of these reviews, it is an average of 4.7 out of 5 with 7,000 ratings, 85% of which are five stars. And I will be reading strictly five-star ratings from... Um, Amazon here. The top positive review is from Justin, five stars, titled, This movie brings back so much more than just memories. Owning this movie digitally really brings me back to my childhood years. I'll never forget how excited I was when my family and I went out to see this movie. I swear, the fact that knowing Pokemon since I first got into it is still pumping in my heart, and that is definitely something that will never go away. Regardless of the gen generation, I recommend this movie to every Pokemon fan out there. Trust me, just watch it, and you will thank me later. I always love that, like, call to action in reviews of, like, tr just trust me, honey. Trust me. Babe, babe, come babe. on. It's I'm, Justin I'm a here. random person on the internet. It's Justin trust from me. Amazon Prime. Come on. Uh, come on. Trust me, babe. It's your boy. It's your boy, Justin, from Amazon Prime. I get five stars. Come on, trust me, babe. Uh... From Garrett Dunton, five stars, titled Nostalgia at its Finest. I saw this in the, I saw this in the theaters the first day and, and showing it came out. Skipping school with my friends. So I just had to buy this movie. Nostalgia at its Finest. Speaks for itself. Um, pretty much all the saying is like, hey, I remember this when it came out. <laughs> That's why it was right. good. <laughs> I was there when it happened. Must be Remember? good. <laughs> Remember? Uh, yeah. Um, from Amber titled Good Purchase. Movie arrived quickly. My children haven't had much of an introduction to Pokemon, so I was excited to sit down and watch this with them. It worked well and the package was in good condition. 
this is where you get Amazon sort of stuff. Yeah. Stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and it just like, oh my God, thank you, Amazon. Thank you, Bezos, for putting up such a great system for me to be able to access this. Um, from Amanda Ear, titled Great Quality. I love this movie as a child. Now my son loves it. Oh. See these see these are these parents that are passing passing it along. Yeah, sure. Um from Jake Hurst titled Mandelamon. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for this. Hasn't been hit by the Mandela effect yet. In that's, what in what that's not how that works. In what way? How? How would it be hit? That's not how it works. It doesn't happen it's just like hits? it's it's not yeah. instantaneously, it's just like boom. Bearstein Bears. <laughs> Nelson Mandela isn't dead. Surprise, motherfucker. Instantaneously. We all thought that. <laughs> For that person has no idea what that means. <laughs> Mandela Ma, what is I what is It hasn't hit yet. What is happening? <laughs> no, but trust me. Just, we're gonna completely misremember it in like five years. Nostalgic things from the nineties, like Berenstein Bears and shit, they just get hit by the Mandela effect because we're getting older and we our memories aren't so good no more. That's not even okay. Well, that's not even it too. It's not Mandela effect isn't that your memory is bad. It's I know that's <laughs> like the literal definition, of, but I'm just like that's that's a take on it of like maybe right. it's just people misremembering things. <laughs> <laughs> like oh that's not what it was oh that's right we were just remembering it wrong <laughs> and there's people that i think like attribute i'm making fun of like people that attribute mandela effect to things of just like oh wait our memory just your memory just isn't good and you m- remembered it wrong mm-hmm. whatever um mandela mon <laughs> go mandela mon no. <laughs> i choose you um uh, Jennifer E. Cook titled, I've always enjoyed this movie and was happy to be able to share it with my boys. My oldest now counts Mewtwo as one of his favorite Pokemon. Good. That's fair. That's a, Mewtwo's cool as hell. That's like a very deep character that I feel like is cool that the, the child, their child is into, into that character. Cause it's a character. It's not even like Pikachu is a character too. Like there's Pokemon that are Mm. like Pokemon, and they have attributes and characteristics right. and they're kind of like part of a herd of like an, a type of animal, like a species. But then there's like Pikachu and, uh, as like a personality and Mewtwo, yeah. and Mewtwo is a very singular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people talking about like introducing it to their children and that being like a great thing for them and their, it seems like more about them, but it seems like they're really happy that their child likes it as well. Um, yeah. Someone bought it for their boyfriend. Their boyfriend really liked it. Um, it's that kind of thing. I think it's like it's our it's our kind of generation. I feel like that was like such a big deal, and I'm curious to see what's what it's going to be like going forward. I'll do one more, and then we'll move on to our own thoughts. Uh, from Pepper Lewis, titled "The Best Pokemon Movie Ever." Pokemon the the first movie is awesome. There's not a bad Pokemon film. They are cute and innocent movies. Yes, they are for kids, but I'm over 30, and I love this film. I will never give any Pokemon movie less than five stars. I might be crazy, but my six-year-old son loves these guys, and that makes me love them. The film is full of good stuff. Things about friendship, courage, anger, revenge, death, and most importantly, love. It's about the choice to change who and where you are, to be who you to be what you want to be. 
Just because things have been a certain way or your mindset has been one way does not mean they have to stay that way. The plot is not complicated. A clone Mewtwo is created with what seems unlimited power. He seeks revenge. Ash, Pikachu, and friends fight the good fight. I did cry near the end of the battle. It's a tearjerker. What can I say? Just an awesome movie. Your child will love it if they are into Pokemon, and you might as well. You might as well. Yeah, you might as well. I mean... I'm, that's going to be my review. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. You might as well. You might as well. Yeah, like, you might as I well. Mean, I mean, there's nothing... You know, you're not going to be worse off if you don't <laughs> love this. Like, <laughs> But, I like, this is interesting looking at the reviews and especially, like, critics, because, like... I don't know. I, I feel like there's there's some of the critics reviews is a better reading on the pulse of the time that the movie was made. And then yeah, going sure. to maybe, maybe this is how I'm framing some of these reviews as well, but going to some of the audience reviews, it'll be like more recent people like that. have just watched it not coming fresh out of the theater. Of course. We're reading people that are reading or sorry, watching it on streaming and remembering when they saw it in theater. So it's like a little bit of a different take. But uh, as you know, as far as the polarizing nature and why the critics feel the way they do at the time that they were feeling it is, yeah, like the classic sort of over oversaturation of everything Pokemon at the time, I feel like contributed to them already having a malaise over it, whether like before mm-hmm. it even came out, it was already just kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to be be into this. And then when it did come out, it just wasn't doing anything. And you you made this point really as well as that it wasn't doing anything to bring new people in, those being the parents and people that aren't familiar with the show and, and the, all the Pokemon stuff. It was ex- extenuation of some of the some of like all those concepts that are already presented and just jumping right into the formula of like another episode um, of the show rather than being its own thing to bring in a new set of fans, which it probably did for what it's worth too, but just not as effectively as it could have been. And your frustration, I'm maybe reading into what you were saying too, is just like the potential of a Pokemon movie is like so high of like what you can, what can be done with it. Um, and as well as a game. And that's what's been frustrating with some of the games uh, of late too, yeah. is like, and only still recently have they done like an open world one. That's kind of like breath of the wild or whatever. And it's just like, kind of frustrating so how, how Nintendo handles its, its IP. Itself, it's but so then, weird. But then right? it's also like not as craven as how we handle some things here. So it's like, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to really tell. They're only now coming out with like a Mario movie a post fucking, uh, Liguizamo and, um, Oh, what's, mm. what's his, what's his name? Whatever. And Dennis Hopper um, and, uh, you know, Roger Robert, Roger Rabbit. Oh, 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 um, Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, yep. Yeah. R.I.P. They're only now, yeah, R.I.P. They're only now doing like another, Mar- and they're being very, you know. And they're already making weird ass choices with it yeah, as well. Yeah. Where, it, because, you know, actually, you know, if you want, do you want to just give your final summation? Because, I mean, you're starting, yeah. you're you're on a train yep. right now. and Yeah, let's, yeah, we don't have to get into Mario. I just like think it's interesting Nintendo and how, no, how no, I, I, I agree. But we you. don't have to open that can, yeah. can of worms. And, <laughs> and like Game Freak, I think is weird too. Them, the people yeah. that, that run Pokemon and all that stuff. But um, uh-huh. I, uh, yeah, it was interesting seeing seeing the critic, all the the mix of reviews. My own personal opinion is difficult. I'm finding because I do have such like a bias towards this world and this and this connection to uh, Pokemon. As as a child, I have such fond memories growing up of all the different aspects that we've mentioned, be it the game, the trading, 
host of games, the trading card game or the video games, um, the the show and the and the movie. I would bond, had such hardcore bonding moments with my friends about all of this stuff, and we would, even if we're not literally playing any of those things, we might be playing in our mind or something like, oh, like our you guys got to go outside and stop looking at screens all day. We go outside and we play Pokemon outside or like pretend to be part of the Squirtle squad or something. Like, I don't know. It's like, how do you, how do you delineate that from, from the movie is hard. So I think my score, I just have to put out in the front. It's probably going to be affected by some of that. Um, but I think I really appreciate you Brandini for, uh, taking this movie to task because I think that's something that, needs to be done more with certain movies and you fucking, you did it with Hocus Pocus and I, I appreciated that too. And I think you kind of did it with Mighty Ducks from my memory as well of like these movies that like people just have such nostalgia and fond memories of the things surrounding these movies and the way that it makes them feel nothing wrong with that. And it's, it's a movie that's, that's what they're there for in a lot of ways too. Um, but it's interesting to actually, yeah, try to remove yourself from it and look at it uh, more is yeah, like just a piece of entertainment going in completely dry, knowing nothing about Pokemon. And that's where I would also, you know, after this discussion, give it, give it some knocks. Um, the animation for sure. I just found myself kind of again, blown away that they did not step it up a little bit more for a a movie release. Even yeah, like the Simpsons movie came out how fucking long after they finally came, came out the Simpsons movie. And even then, there was like this big dome that everyone was under in Springfield, and they and they had a lot of cool angles of it, and you could tell they kicked things up a notch. And this was more hurried out the door and make make your make your money off it, um, which makes it a bummer because the positive things I do like about it are are very like structurally sound, like the foundational plot of and and Mewtwo as a force of nature. And I do like the idea of him not being so antagonistic and just being, you know, a yeah, force of nature trying to figure it's mm-hmm. it's way in the world and, and who it is and what's, what's its deal and the duality of it and Mew, I think was, was something that could have been explored in, in a way that uh, would have been a lot more interesting along with all the, the clones and, and everything. And uh, it reminds me of like Jurassic park and shit. And, um, that that sort of sci-fi stuff, uh, I think, propelled the plot in a way that kept it interesting for me. Um, there could have been more meat on the bones in terms of motivations and, and reasons and uh, letting people in a little bit more. For sure, give it knocks for having a 20-minute fucking short at the beginning. It's like, I don't know. It's just not. And you, when you watch the movie now, that's not there. But knowing that's how the movie was presented, and I was there, you know, I was there, uh, member, when it happened, and seeing that, you know, the huge short right right before it, and knowing now the reasons for that as well, it's like, it, it's it's sad that it has to get knocks for that as well when it's not necessarily the original pressing of what it wanted to be. So I'm I'm curious, maybe one day I'll watch that. Um, but I'll just go ahead and wrap it up and give it a. I'll give it like a high 60. You give it a 68. I, I, I enjoyed this movie. Like I, I had a fun time. I, I look back on it fondly and while I will definitely like knock it for a lot of the technical qualities of it. Um, I, I am for sure. Like think this is a good story for like a kid's movie within the Pokemon universe. And I do think that like, 
some form of retelling might be done in the future, whether, you know, it'd be good or not. I think there, it could be done better. So I'd almost warrant like a remake of, of something like this. If anyone feels, if anyone ever felt the need, but who, who knows? I just think that that is its strongest thing. And it's so short of a movie that it doesn't get too distracted that that is able to shine through some of the bullshit. Um, so that, that'll be my score. Carry on to you, great Brandini. Yes. So I'm going to start this, start my summation off by saying that uh, Kiki's delivery service came out 10 <gasps> years before this movie. Oh, 10 oh, years no. before this movie. Oh, no. So just like I give that one a 67. I want to put it into perspective. Uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion came out six years before oh, this yeah, movie. Dude. So there is, to me, inexcusable, like, uh, that I'm inexcusable, poor quality in animation and putting this piece together that I want to just right off the bat say is that it is inexcusable to me now watching this, how uneven the animation is. There were times in this where it's shaking, uh, lines are blurry. There, it is one uh, shot of like, and I will say like they, they did it to, I mean, I guess to their credit is where it really mattered. It was fine. Like um, it was very cinematic. Uh, a lot of the overview shots of the Island, uh, the battles between the, um, the regular Pokemon and the clone Pokemon. There's some really good animation there, but then there's some really, really poopy animation. And yeah, it's absolutely inexcusable to me now seeing, like, putting into context what great animation has existed and so long before this that this is the product that you put out. Because, mind you, this is this movie comes out between episodes, like, 70-something and 80-something in Pokemon. So it's not... They're not rushed on time. They're not like all of those excuses that you could potentially give of like, oh, you're trying to really jumpstart an IP. You're trying to really break into doing a feature film like Pokemon. The game sold a dumb amount of copies. So you knew the audience was built in. So if anything, it just again, it's all knocks on like, why didn't you spend the time to at least get the animation where it, it is more seamless, more clean, more interesting? Yes, I do love the animation of the island. Again, I, uh, uh, you know, there are the clouds, the ocean, those kind of things were good. But overall, like, it just bummed me out so much how poor that uh, for an animated movie, how bad the animation was. Also, too, like... You know, you you bring up my criticisms of uh, Hocus Pocus or um, of uh, um, oh my god, how am I Mighty Dex? Uh, Mighty Dex. Also, your criticism like, of people who enjoy those movies for like just nostalgia's sake, just for nostalgia's sake, for sure. Because I will always be a a, a <laughs> in combat with those people because what you're doing is is you're saying that i'm in rest of development i'm not going to be critical about anything that i liked previously because i liked it previously and so fuck like that's it mm -hmm. that's the end all be all it just uh, life is about re like you should be constantly reevaluating things right mm -hmm. like if we didn't do that then people would still be really more racist they would be le like all of these terrible ills that yes yeah, still exist in society and it's like 
me personally, I'm like, come on, guys, like, let's fucking move this along. Like, we don't need to be, you know, looking at all of South America as a singular race that is a hindrance upon the U.S. Like, that is so incredibly, like, narrow-minded and all, of, you know, all of the uh, the criticisms and characteristics and adjectives that you could use for somebody that just goes like, well, because, you know, thinking about it, like, any it is not really good for a person to say what I experienced as a child is not going to change. It's going to stay there. I'm going to continue to stand up for it and abide by it and not evolve from it. And I just want to go to the objective in my mind, the objective faults of this movie is, is that like you brought up wonderfully is it would have been so interesting if you would have gotten into this movie about the hierarchy of the gym situation and what the business is like. Could you imagine like a Dune-esque or like some type of bigger budget film where, you know, Giovanni is in his castle and he's like really more so than just a very, very quick interaction of, you know, Mewtwo in that uh, pretty dope looking, you know, setup that he's got. But it's just so like surface level so quick so simple and i know this movie shouldn't be like two hours long or whatever but i i mean it's very short it could have been a little bit longer fuck if you would have added 20 minutes onto it 20 minutes in movie runtime is like a a massive amount of time let's be real like if you were to just imagine somebody entering into a building that is a skyscraper in a movie that's only could be three minutes long, five minutes long. Like if you were to follow somebody walking into a building, going up to the top floor, sitting down at a table and starting a discussion, that's five minutes. Like this movie could have benefited from more like, and here too is a fundamental flaw is that kind of stuff would have been well received by the core audience. Like even as a child, like if you would have given me more about what, like where Giovanni is in relation to the world, I would have loved that. If you would have given me more about what if Mewtwo would have had an interaction or a conversation that would have started to uh, inform his opinion about things based on maybe a, a person he battled against or something to that effect. Like, or what if you were to have seen what the world was like it, that why the commander at the wharf was making those decisions and what is the repercussions for the decisions that she made? Like all of those things don't need to be. And drawn maybe that out. storm a hundred years ago, maybe there was something there. Maybe that was Mew, uh, Mew exactly. or shit, like popping up, you know, uh, there is a better version of this story, but I will concede that for a animated, uh, an anime movie in the nineties, having a clone psychic mind control, evil villain is a cool move. Like, I, I don't know. Mewtwo is dope as shit. Yeah, I dude. like, I like Mewtwo a lot. Yeah. And I just really would have liked, obviously, I mean, for those not, you know, which you should, I know you might just be listening to the podcast, but we're live right now. And I'm wearing again, a Porco Rosso short. Like I will always side with storytelling that doesn't that. Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't treat you like a fucking idiot. And I get that this is a kid's movie. And I understand that this doesn't have to be like, 
we're not going to get into the hierarchy of society. We don't need to get into the the socioeconomic politics of the world. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying about like a kid can easily be interested in why a person has power or why uh, an organization wants things to be this way to a degree, just because you're like, oh, well, I get like, you know, businesses sell stuff or businesses create things like, you know, you can give me a little bit more about it, but that's such a small, minute thing. Like, nonetheless, the point I'm making is, is that I would have loved to have watched this movie again and would have loved to have drank in the nostalgic Kool-Aid and been like, oh, what a wonderful, fun movie. You know, I'm so glad I got to revisit this, but it just bummed me out so much how much this movie sucked the life out of me because it gave me so little to work with. And it, in the sense of, oh, like remembering more of the game or remembering more of the world of Pokemon. And it gives you so little of that. Um, it's not that funny. The characters are really flat. I mean, God damn it. Like Misty says, I would say probably a sum total of six things in this movie. Brock similarly. Yeah, just not good stuff. Not good outing for Pokemon, the first movie for me. Um, I'm sorry. And here we go. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this movie a 41%. Oh, okay. Nice. All right. Yeah, that's not as I wasn't sure what to expect. That was exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure where where, on, where it was going to land. But that's what I love about this podcast is that you made every point so well. And I found myself leaning more towards what you were feeling because you stated it very well and, and uh, your opinions and everything that I was able to, yeah, you know, even with... I very much understand that I have nostalgia glasses on to an extent, but that helped me kind of like dimmer, dim, dimmer, <laughs> dim them a bit, uh, my rose colored glasses. So, um, I and, I, and I think that's like, uh, no. I don't know. That's something that I want to do in more of my life too, is rail against that nostalgia because I think that where I get into, tr I've gotten into trouble is, and I've worked, tried to work past this is like, not being able to respect and appreciate the art and beauty and amazing things that are being made of my time because you're so fucking committed to like, I'm so, no, I that. made up my mind. Pokemon first movies, best movie ever. Or like, you know, no, like star Wars, the first original trilogy. That's, that's the best. Any other star Wars thing that's ever going to come out after that is just not going to be as good. I, these are just like certain things that I know, whatever, like certain people get hung up about. And I'm definitely that way about, like, hey, people, new Lord of the Rings show is coming out. How do you how do you think I feel? I'm I'm a little worried here, and like all this new Jurassic Park stuff, it's hard. I know, but you you, I, you I'm so glad you bring up that point because I want to be more like that as well. Just just yeah, try man. not just try not to fall prey to to that with everything and uh, not appreciate the things that being made in our time that are so wonderful. No, because it's not that I don't want to appreciate this movie just like because it's old and I'm raging against it being old and nostalgia just for the no, sake of no, raging no. against nostalgia. Not that. But yeah, because that's a different form of bias. I'm saying, yeah, just trying to mm. trying to even it out. And, you know, if anything, totally. you know more now you, than you knew then. And so you just come to it with even more knowledge. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad this was like a very worthwhile exercise. It's a different one. Yeah. Uh, for us, I, I think it's like polarizing and not like a, the subject matter is, you know, intense and like 
I'm no, not sure not if we should be discussing this because it's so, uh, I don't know, it's, it's X-rated or something and like, oh, pe- some people don't like that. No, this is just like about something different. This is, this is about, you know, some of our other movies are like, oh, we're done with Steven Spielberg. Like, we don't, we don't like uh, this Indiana Jones movie right now or we don't like Hook or whatever. We're kind of over his shtick and there's like a shtick that people are rebelling against. I will wrap it up. Wrap it up, James. Wrap mm, it up. Wrap it up. Um, I want to announce our next movie. Uh, we are going to be doing, I don't know how much in like a, a series, if it's going to be a series, but it's at least going to be two of video game movies that we will be doing. First one, Pokemon. Second one, will be a more modern one. It will be Uncharted. The Uncharted, starring Tom Holland, Marky Mark, with a 40% critics rating, a 90% audience rating. Ooh, spicy 90, Brandy. Spicy 90. Say hello, say Brandy. May likey. And we will be discussing this Indiana Jones video game ripoff with... Me, I will be there. I will not leave. Mm-hmm. I will be in this polarized kingdom good, forever. Good, good, good. That uh-huh, is my sentence uh-huh. that the great Bandini has sent me to be the forever guest. It is my uh-huh. purgatory, and I'm, I'm happy with it. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandini, Brandini will be there, and uh, we'll uh, talk about it. Um, anything you want to share with the people, Brandini? Before I wrap it up. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, just uh, follow us on social, uh, Polarize the Pod um, uh, on Twitch, uh, Polarize the Pod Polarize, on, twi- on Twitch.tv, Polarize Pod on Twitter, and Polarize the Pod at gmail.com. Uh, gmail.com. Nailed it. Follow us. Let us know how we are doing. Follow this guy at Great Brandini at Nympho Fanny Pack on Twitch. You might catch him play a little uh, of this new kitty cat game called stray where you play as a little kitty cat and uh, he does these sick ass dj streams that are really cool you should check it out uh highly recommend um and yeah that that was gonna do it for me rate review subscribe uh love yourselves love every everyone that you can and uh enjoy yourself enjoy enjoy this podcast uh for future endeavors we are enjoying ourselves and hope it uh translates Alright, goodbye everyone. See you next week. Bye-bye. Good to be to be best. To do to catch them is my real test. To train them is my goals. Pokemon.